Hey friends, Coach Shelby and Coach Christine, welcoming you in and letting you know it's time for Brunch Quick Bites Edition, where you can grab your miles with a side of smiles, ting them on the run midday, in the afternoon, or maybe even a late night snack attack. However you are listening, we are excited to have you. And we are getting underway with major knowledge drops, major fun, and of course, major running. If you hadn't guessed my oh-so-subtle emphasis, and maybe the title of the episode, we are talking about the world majors, which first up, we are going to be dropping some fun, super sizzling, and hot info on these fall racing seasons. We're going to tackle this series all throughout, and we're going to be going ahead and accompanying each of these with a blog expertly crafted by Coach Christine, since we have a resident six-star world major finishers on our hands. Yay. I feel like I like in my head, I'm playing an applause track. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I always do. You don't applause yourself for everything. I find yeah. a matching pair of socks. Yay, me. That's always good. Who cares if it's not matching? But yeah, over on the blog, go ahead and head over that way, friends. It'll be a very different uh, style than what you're going to hear on the podcast. We're going to keep it fun here. We're going to talk about the history of the actual race. We're going to talk about course records, a little bit of things that you can find unique to each individual race. So a lot of fun here here on the podcast, but over on the blog, if you're training for these races, it's going to give you some practical knowledge of some training that you should be incorporating, things to expect for race week from your running perspective to maximize that race time. And each world marathon major will have a workout that accompanies that specific course. So trying to take into account of adding in a workout that will really help you in your training for that specific course. So and lots of knowledge over there, but lots of fun over here. <laughs> and if you are training for one of these races, we do have no two coaches with a few spots left on their roster. So if you are training and you're looking to level up and add a little sizzle and spice to your step, please make sure to email us info at timeforbrunch.com and get that complimentary coaching call to see if we'd be a good fit and just how much fun and pushing we can do on our end. Absolutely. So very, absolutely. very excited. I know uh, specifically comes to mind one of our athletes right now training for Chicago. I am so excited. And then realizing within our summer training group that we have even more training for Chicago. So we'll have a little yeah, unofficial, we do. A, a little unofficial brunch group at Chicago this year. We've got a couple of people in Chicago. I'm so looking forward to talking about that race as well. We've got actually um, an athlete who's tackling Berlin and it was a lot of fun talking to her about all the things that she should expect. So let's get right into it. The Berlin Marathon takes place this year on September 24th. It's, I believe all the world marathon majors with the exclusion of Boston usually have have their race day on Sunday. It was established in 1974 by Horst Mild or Mild, uh, a baker and a running enthusiast, which to me is like the same thing, right? Like if you're going to be running and you can make some extra carbs for your runs, absolutely perfect. I mean, hello, we have brunch <laughs> as our podcast. Like if brunch and running had a baby, it would mm -hmm. be a carb. Absolutely. For definitely no cap. And we could make it sweet and savory. But uh, that original race had twin 244 finishers. That's it. 244. 234 were men and 10 were women. Um, it was won by Boo. Victor Hollis. <laughs> well, that's the, that's the history of a lot of the majors. I will say Berlin is one of the majors 
along with Tokyo, where they still have a field of primarily male runners versus female runners. So sorry, um, dudes, but boo, let's change that, ladies. (laughs) Yes. Well, Gunter Halas. Oh, my God. My German friend. I'm sorry, Barbara. Don't come at me for not pronouncing (laughs) these names correctly. She I know, I know. I'm going to butcher these. Her, um, His finishing time was two hours, 44 minutes and 53 seconds. And Juta Van Haas for the female took it at three hours and 22 minutes and, eight, and one second. Um, the race now, of course, is much bigger with usually about over 39,000 finishers. Except for obviously the past couple of years, because, you know, hashtag pandemic race was not our friend. But we're just we're just not going to talk about Bruno. Yeah. Yeah. What I love about Berlin and I think what's a special, I mean, super special to this race is the fact that it starts and finishes near the Brandenburg Gate. So due to the division of the city with the Berlin Wall, it's there's a lot of history there. Um, the marathon before 1990 was only limited to West Berlin. So in September 30th of 1990, when the wall came down, were you even hatched yet, coach, when the wall came down? Was I even hatched yet? Yeah. Wait, what we know. I You weren't uh, born yet, were you? What what was it, nineteen ninety? Yeah. No, I was not, Christine. Okay. Thanks for the call out. <laughs> so, a lady never shares her age, usually because people think I'm 16. <laughs> so yes, before you were hatched, there was this thing called a Berlin Wall. <laughs> I know about the Berlin Wall. I made it through 10th grade, okay? Okay. Well, I love the story of it specifically because what people state when they actually were able to run the Berlin Marathon, that was the year where they were able to run through the Brandenburg Gate for the first time. And now, of course, the course covers both halves of this unified city. But it says that the story goes that many folks, um, after finally being able to like embrace their family, being able to really embrace their full city and run the 26 miles through it, had tears running through their eyes as they went through that Brandenburg Gate, which uh, gives me all the goosebumps and all Did of the like, feels. I loved that race so much. I don't think I cried um, at, I don't, there's, I think I only cried in Chicago. I think you cried oh, no. at the Stranger Danger Station. <laughs> cried at Boston too. We'll talk about that later. Now, <laughs> this race must be one of your favorites to watch, I would assume, because it is known for being fast and has a bunch of world records. So you want to talk a little bit more about those world records, Miss Elite? Okay, you know, I should have just been born an elite. I'm just saying. But it is famous for its flat and fast course. Numerous world records have been set. The current record was set in 2022 by, you know, the man, the myth, right. the legend, the goat, <laughs> Elliot Kipchoge, who won mm-hmm. the men's race in two hours, one minute, and nine seconds, which is not his PR. He has set the two-hour marathon record but i mean this was completely not planned and assisted so i think that's pretty i think it's phenomenal i think it's so phenomenal and um i know that i ran a year where they were trying again to kind of break the two hour mark and of course it didn't happen that year is 2017 but still knowing that not only running through so much history, but you were actually potentially running through history being made was super right. cool as well. So tell us about the women, since we now know the the female uh, field is definitely quite different nowadays. Well, this was actually set the same year in a time of two hours, 15 minutes and 37 seconds. Tagist Asefa set the women's course record. So 2022 was a banner year. Who knows? Maybe we'll have some more records in 2023. 
Do you think it's because we had just come off 2022, while it still was a diminished field, it was, I feel like folks were finally able to come back. They were feeling that race course support energy a bit more. So add in a flat fast, add in like favorable weather conditions, and then the extra support that maybe people had been missing that may have added that element. I would not doubt that. I wouldn't okay. put that out of the realm of possibility. It was also after the um, Olympic year, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of elites during the pandemic got extra rest, extra build. Yep. And it was kind of like that gap year yep. that a lot of people talk about in schooling. It was kind of like the gap year in the elites. So absolutely, I would say that came into play. Yeah, I think so too. And I think that gap year, actually, whether we're going to talk about the elites, we're going to talk about our own personal lives has a lot of value to be had um, to maybe make it a little bit more of a relaxed year so that you come back stronger, better, faster, all of that Daft Punk stuff. But again, I think that there's some records to be had as well in the wheelchair division um, because that was first officially held in the Berlin Marathon in 1981 and only men competed that year. But now, of course, we've, <laughs> I'm just getting booze. I, I just keep that. doing that. We might not have the clapping record, but we're going to have the boo trap. <laughs> I love it. Um, so granted, we're seeing we're going to see that a lot. Or we're going to hear that a lot about the World Marathon majors of how we could see progress being made, how we can actually see history being changed. Um, so I find that really, really interesting. One um, note that I find interesting yeah. is the wheelchair race typically starts earlier in the day before the runners and the walkers. So in other races, yes, the the rim chair racers do start prior to, but it seems like this starts especially earlier. Is this the only major that does that? I can't recall. Yeah, I, I think so. I really do think so. And I think it's because this specific um in Europe, they think that Americans are weird because we, we run are. early in the morning. Uh, so they don't tend to have really early starts like we do. Their early starts are like seven, eight, nine o'clock. So for them to have a very early start for the wheelchair division is kind of something that would be worthy of being called out versus Ooh. her stateside where we, we tend to start them a little bit later in the day. And we do for the majors too because they have so many logistics. But Anyway, apparently European races are speaking your love language. They are. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. So, <laughs> yeah, I love the fact that it's fast, flat, has a lot of world records. But I got to tell you, that's not what makes this race really unique and fun to look forward to. So if you guys have been thinking about putting this on your list or you're already trained up for it, let's talk about what you should look forward to that makes running Berlin unique before, during, and after. And coach, speaking your love language right out of the gate, or maybe our joint shared is the breakfast run. So I can't tell you how much I, well, first of all, I'm ecstatic that they're bringing the breakfast run officially back to its original um, home that it's had in the past few years, minus the COVID uh, timeframe. And that's where you run, this is my favorite part, a six kilometer. I know that's going to drive you nuts out. (laughs) It does. My metric <laughs> system heart is just cringing. But I, I mean, it's closer to four miles than like an eight kilometer is to five. Well, no, that one's closer. Yeah, that's got to drive you nuts. 3.7. I mean, at that point, you just do one more loop around the Olympic Stadium and you're done. Yes, but I, yeah. I have questions about this breakfast run. Okay. Is it an official run? Is a stranger danger breakfast? Like, no. Is, it's is Coach official. Shelby... It's Coach an Shelby official do it. run by the actual race uh, course I mean, the race uh, 
division the team, race like people. They put, the race people can't think of the name, not the race director, but the entire team that puts it together. It is run the day before it runs through a smaller section, obviously, since it's only 3.7 miles for folks that don't know what the six kilometer are. Ugh. It is a little, it's actually a little hillier than the actual course of Berlin um, because of how it kind of goes a little tiny bit of an uphill to get you up to where the Olympic Stadium and that is your finish line. You actually go in, there's a big drum corps, which who doesn't love a drum corps to kind of like herald your arrival to the Olympic Stadium and you go in and then you run around the actual outer perimeter of the stadium and you finish in there. What I love about it is that people love to represent their country for this run. So you'll see folks dressed in like their flags, you'll see them running with their flags, or maybe even some of like the indigenous culture of their uh, specific countries um, attire. So it's really a whole lot of fun for the breakfast run. Oh, I like the fact that they kind of honor their country, especially with an ending in the Olympic stadium. Yeah, It's like the Olympics for everyday runners. But I've heard that there's an a skating marathon? It is. The first time I ever heard of it, I was like, what is this? What is so, it? <laughs> literally. So this, I think it's really unique to Berlin. As far as I know, I don't know of a lot of, uh, there's no other world marathon major that has this. They have an inline skating marathon. It's held the day before the foot race, specifically the, uh, the marathon race. And you get to, if you wanted to do both, you take the exact same course, except that you're on inline skates. Um, that sounds yeah. dopey to me. <laughs> Disney not allowed. I mean, even though Snow White was probably there a little bit. Yeah, no, it sounds interesting. Um, I think that there is something to it. Like if you wanted to get into the majors and you do some of their inline skating races leading up to that one, you get an entry into the marathon. There's something about that. And I don't know all the details, but yes, the inline skating marathon takes place that weekend. It is part of the race festivities, but it's the day before the actual foot race. Okay. So for our TFB training athlete who is doing Berlin, I'm going to have to task her with all these pictures. I want to know if she's doing the inline skating marathon because I feel like if anybody was going to do it, she would be the one. So I'm shocked she's not doing it. I'll have to, but I know she is going to do the breakfast run. So maybe she just couldn't make it all happen. I um, mean, it's acceptable. <laughs> maybe she can bring us home a waffle. Uh, that'd be lovely. We'll definitely be talking about some of the unique foods to Germany uh, that we should have as well. But during the race, what I specifically love that what made this race most memorable was the fact that we're running through so many famous landmarks. So, of course, the Brandenburg Gate, Berlin Cathedral, um, Charlemberg Palace. I know I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. And the Berlin Victory Column. Oh, that's such a gorgeous way. Like, it's just it's gore. Just, I can't tell you how incredible it is. I'm going to have to stop you for a second and just let you know your history buff is showing. You might want to cover <laughs> that up a little bit. Except my pronunciation. And then I'll be like, nah, she's, she's just a poser. So it's okay. <laughs> um, as usual, most of the big marathons have a really big, diverse crowd of spectators. I think that creates that extra bit of energy. There's a lot of live music specifically. Um, there is one older man who's known for like having his own little dance party to cheer on spectators there. That's kind of a rite of passage. But I think that's what's exciting about going through that race that day. Let's talk about afterwards. What makes this race unique? Oh, I can take two guesses. <laughs> let's let's. What are your guesses, coach? I'm going to say beer and pretzels. Amen. <laughs> or Prost. 
I don't know what else I would say. I think process for cheers for, for when we're cheering. Yes, Oktoberfest <laughs> taking place during the exact same time during September September 16th, ending this year, October 3rd. It's of course not in Berlin. You do have to travel. One of their wonderful trains will get you there if you want to, or you could always fly. But a lot of marathoners tend to celebrate post their race heading up to Munich and, you know, getting their their big what do, what do you call that? The b- boot of beer, I guess, is what they have. Isn't it Das Boot? I'm going to say yes. But I don't know. I'm not a little beer drinker. I, I love beer, but my my beer connoisseurness is escaping me. I think it's Das Boot. Okay, so we're going to go with that. it actually is the, the boot. I don't, okay. I don't know. Language is hard. English yeah, it, is it hard is. for me. Talking about language, let's talk about the foods that are there. Um, there is a huge team savory. Like, I feel like if there's ever a country that will speak to your heart on Team Savory. I had a hard time narrowing it down. Truly, I had a hard time narrowing it down from foods, but I'd love you to talk about maybe some of your favorite foods that you would look forward to or things that you have regularly here that you would love to try from Germany. I'd love sauerkraut. I I do love sauerkraut on my veggie dogs, Mm -hmm. that with some mustard. I love, for those who don't know sauerkraut, it's a fermented cabbage. Um, It's so yummy. It's tangy. It's a little acidic. It's just, oh my God. I, okay, now I want sauerkraut. Why is it that I crave whatever we're talking about? Uh, it's because, yeah, like it's delicious. I mean, I would assume that pretzels, they're not Mickey shaped, but that's okay. <laughs> okay. That's probably one of the best darn pretzels you'll ever have. That would be my other thing. Um, pretzels with, do they do beer cheese there? Or is that an American thing? I did not see beer cheese. I did see a lot of schnitzel um, and had never, ever, ever consumed schnitzel until I was there. But I think that you would love their potato salad. Um, oh, I do love potato it's salad. so yummy. Like, Is there warm or cold? So that's a great question. I had it warm and I don't know if that's typical um, or I, I guess I should say room temperature. It didn't feel like it was hot. It didn't feel like it was, it was definitely not refrigerated. So okay. I don't know if that's what they consider cold. Um, so I would say it was room temperature. It was, it was definitely pretty yummy. Now I would say that team sweet is represented a little bit less so than team savory in Germany and Berlin, but apple strudel. And I know I'm not there's a fancy German way of pronouncing it. It's definitely something that's delicious. Uh, I know that they also have a tradition that I love. It's called coffee clutch. And every Ooh. afternoon they get together for just a little bit of a coffee cake and coffee and conversation. And it's literally means like conversation with coffee. And I'm like, oh. I'm totally down with anything, like any culture. Why don't that we do that? <laughs> yeah. But I also love that it, I feel like, Speaking to our carb love German bread, um, hence the marathon's origins from a baker, is super incredible. And I think that folks will absolutely love, love Germany and Berlin. And I would say it's a must do. But you know what else is a must? Adding in a little bit of a movie to kind of put you in the mood while you're maybe resting up after a long run, kind of getting to know a little bit about the history. And for me, it's the movie Race that of course talks about Jesse Owens and the record-breaking black athlete who famously competed in the uh, 1936 Olympic games in front of Hitler and the Nazi elite. And I just, I can't even imagine, talk about Mike drive, right? Talk about bravery and courage and um, tenacity. Like 
all of that. So you're going to definitely walk away with an extra pep in your step and a really good reminder of why running is such a beautiful sport that literally helps us break barriers. Uh, talking about this, I now I've got to watch this. But before we wrap up this episode, I do have to ask, I know you're not usually a beer drinker, but did, in Berlin, did you do as the Berlinians? <laughs> The Berlinese? I don't know. The Berlinese. Uh, yes, I did drink beer in, in Germany. I drink a lot of wine, though, because the German wine is actually very delicious. And I would not have guessed that because I thought it was going to be super sweet because like German beer, I mean, German wine here so usually tends very sweet. So like Rieslings in America, I feel like are a little too sweet. But in um, Germany, the white wines were phenomenal. They weren't overly sweet. They had a little bit more crispness. So I did drink a lot of wine. I guess I didn't do as much of the Berlinese, but I did, of course, partake in some beer. Um, yeah, but the food was phenomenal. It was so good. I didn't expect the food to be that good, to be honest. Ooh. Well, hey, if you're thinking about running Berlin, if you're like our athlete who is going to be over in Berlin, make sure that you keep this one in your back pocket. You go check out the blog with all of the extra and get that workout. Because again, we'll run for pretzels and <laughs> And schnitzel and sauerkraut and all of the good things. I didn't know what you say. We will run. We do run for pretzels and beer and bread and all the deliciousness. Friends, I really, 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 really want you guys to make sure that you are ready for our episode that comes out this Friday. It's going to be very special as we celebrate. So we'll have a lot of really good fun things coming up for the month of August. And we want you guys to hear more about it. So we want you to continue to join us. So make sure you subscribe, um, Spotify or Apple, or wherever you usually listen to your podcast so that you don't miss it. Of course, if you're not part of the Time for Brunch community, this is a great reminder that you should join in so you can hear some of the fun and get those direct behind the scenes kind of information. But join us again of course hopefully this friday and if not then we'll see you more for some midweek quick bites because we're going to come back over to our side of the pond for next week's quick bites we're going to keep serving up more miles with with some major smiles <laughs> <laughs>